Faltegudian podkrela koralet mas. A kind sport led in a sport tool. A goal led Benetti. I remember saying to him, this is some trip, Sean Murray. This is unbelievable. <laughs> he says, it's not a trip, Muggsy, it's, it's a tour. And I was like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. Proud there again, DNG, hold it again, DNG. That's from Cavana. Yeah, to say LNG, Larry and Galvin, that's the brand name. Hi, folks, you're very welcome to episode four of Coral at Moss. And I'm delighted to have Paul Galvin with us today, and we're in studio for this, so it should be fun. Um, I roomed with Paul, I played with Paul for years, and uh, we'll have a chat. I don't know what there is to chat about, Paul, that we haven't already chatted about down the years, but I suppose lockdown, uh, was it a time you used for family, or was it a time you'd say, geez, I was delighted I got the old break there? Yeah, it was it was funny time, Tomas. It was a fa- very much family time for me because we're in Dublin and probably it was just me, my wife, and our, our little girl, really. And that was that because our family is my family's Kerry, obviously, her family is Mayo. And we, we, we really saw very little of anybody, which I was, I was okay with. And I kind of, I think there's, there's measures that came through lockdown that I'd be quite happy with if they, if they stayed. Um, but yeah, I just used it, yeah. A little bit of reflection, I suppose, and trying to kind of uh, reset and check myself, you know, personally and professionally in terms of where I'm at and where I want to get to and, and that kind of thing. I think, I think it's been a valuable time. I think you, it's a time that you have to use to try and, you know, like I say, reset and, and maybe set some new goals. Like, I don't think you'll get this opportunity again to spend a bit of time on your own without, interf- without too much interference mm. from, from, you know, the, 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 the interactions of daily life can set you off course, like, and they can be distractions and you can lose kind of track of your own personal frequency a little bit like so I, I actually found it valuable from that point of view just to focus on on things I've done and things I can improve on and where where I was at on a, on a personal level my relationships and my my work and football management everything like that it's, it was useful we, we probably won't get it again you know the move to Dublin Paul I, and I, I, at the time I know and people see the fashion side and they see and I don't know do they see what your understanding of Kerry football and, and the love you have for Kerry football and how important it was for you in your life. And to go to Dublin in the first place was, was a brave move and it was a big move for you and you held out as long as you could because of Kerry, I'd say. But was that a move you took lightly or were you always going to go? You had to go to Dublin for what you wanted to do next. Um, yeah, it was tough. Like it was definitely a struggle. Like for the last couple of years, like really, I gave one year where I was doing a bit of travel up and down, and and I didn't like doing that to be honest with you because I think you can't. I felt, and I think we would probably feel, and I think in Kerry, even though it was different in the seven, like in the seventies and eighties, it was interesting reading your Jacko interview. Like mm. Jacko used to come down late summer for yeah. All Ireland semi-finals and finals, which is remarkable. Like so, there was a there was there is a tradition of training Kerry guys training in Dublin with yeah. Mihal and Hartig. And they got great value from it. And late summer, I thought it was remarkable to read that late summer Jacko would come down to Kerry. And and from my point of view, I struggled with it because I just felt maybe the game has changed a little bit and I felt you needed to be in Kerry. And I think you probably do. Mm-hmm. And so I held out for as long as I could. I did about a year up and down. And and um, yeah, I just, I had to be in Dublin. I, I just feel, I felt professionally to do the things I wanted to do. There's just not a compatibility between playing GAA and kind of this 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 whole fa- fashion world. Even though it's a bit, it's much more than fashion itself for me, but uh, they're not that compatible. So so I moved eventually. I found it hard at the start, but I've grown to love Dublin now since I really like my life up here. It's been good to me. I'm in business with Dunn Stores. They give me a great opportunity. Yeah, sure. I was coming on. I was coming on to the end of my career as well, and it was time to just make the move. And I did eventually, you know. But um, it was just a case of opportunity knocking. I've I've seen other GA players, you know, would like similar opportunities, looking for similar opportunities. Uh, they've come to me for advice, m- m- more than one. And it's tough because the, the opportunities to do this, to get involved in clothing and fashion and uh, that kind of thing, aren't that plentiful. So so. Like yeah, there's just a lack. There's just not that compatible GA and this kind of whole fashion thing. Unfortunately, even though I think they're very compatible myself, I think they're way more compatible than people realise. And I wish that there were more opportunities in sportswear, like sportswear is fashion. Like we all wear jerseys, we wear the Kerry kit. Like I mean, that's fashion. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think there's a way more opportunities than we realise for people out there. 
And I think there's a lot more guys interested in kind of doing what I do as well. And I think they should be allowed to, they should be, a, you know, able to play their GA and get into this world of fashion as well at the same time, I feel. But anyway. Did you get, like, you were telling me there, and it was, it was funny actually, that time you went to Australia and the first time you put on a skinny pair of pants and you reckon you should have carried home a few boxes of them. <laughs> I look back now, and I did, yeah, in Australia back around 07. That's where I found a pair in a shop called General Pants Company. Ty would know them now. Ty, Ty Kennelly would know them well. And, yeah, I bought, I bought a few pairs, and I look back, and I think, why didn't I buy ever? I should have bought them all. I come home and sold them. But, but uh, yeah, that was back. That was, that was back 07 or so. And, uh, that was early in your football. Like, down the years, then, would you have got grief? Say at matches and oh, yeah. saying stupid yeah. yeah, there was plenty like. of that. Like there was plenty of that stuff, you know. But I mean, um, I, I never really. How could you do? Just I leave, didn't leave help it the fact that head. we were going wrong. Wearing the biggest flares, like the difference when we'd be walking down the street. <laughs> well, there's some old photos now. I've I seen an old photo of me, you, Mark, Dara, and Eamon Fitz in New York a few from from just around oh five or six. You'd cover a house with the jeans. Five, yeah, there was five of us in the photo. There was enough denim for about 15 people. <laughs> but uh, they were just jeans following us around the streets. But, you know, Paul, with the, you brought out a, a range. You still like staying close to your roots. Uh, Joe Cahan, the great Kerry fullback, and he was a selector with Miko. Uh, you had a clothing range after him, right? And now, lately, Ballincloher, where you come from home, I don't know, you're bringing out a clothing range connected with the old jersey that they wore as a club. You came from uh, Lixna, which, and if you can explain to me, right, it's a hurling club, first of all, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's so Ballinclaughar is my townland, really, and that's my father and all the, my local, all the local families, Eamon Fitz's father, my father, the McKennas, so lots of families around Ballinclaughar, they had their own hurling club. For, for 30 or 40 years it was just they just ran out of numbers eventually but their nicknames were the Holy Terrors and some, <laughs> some of the war stories some of the war stories are very funny like uh, obviously look at hurling yeah, then Ballinclaughar went and all the boys went to hurl with Lixna and then Fenuig is far, further over again so like I'm actually a good bit away from Fenuig I'm maybe 10 miles from Fenuig Ballinclaughar is probably my club as such that's no longer there. So Lixna was the next nearest club. That's a hurling club. And all around me where I grew up was all hurling. Mad stuff, mad rivalries, really. Served me awfully well, like hurling. Served me awfully well as a footballer. I grew up, like, I mean, the encounters now. At, I started playing senior hurling at 16, and I'll never forget my first hurling game. It was inside Nassenstack Park. <laughs> blood sport. Absolute blood sport. I had lumps everywhere. I remember a fellow whipped on a ball one time right at my feet and he went way over the ball and he got me under the knee and immediately, do you know, do you know when the lump, do you know the lump comes out like immediately? It just forms. It just forms immediately. I looked down and I said, I can't believe that grew so quickly. You hopping around. I had another one on my head. I went past the fellow and he just whipped with his left hand and he was, he was far side of the ref. And he just went with his left hand across my head. Oh, I came off the field 16 years old. It was a county semi-final against Arfurt and I mean, you, you do, it does toughen you, absolutely it toughens you. It was a great, I thought it was a great, uh, it was a great education for me. It really toughened me, like, and you do, you do, it does make you edgy and it definitely, playing hurling put an edge into me as a footballer because at 16, I looked around me and I said, whoa, this is, this is, this is tough stuff. You had to so be it makes a man you tough. at 16. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. It makes you tough, like, yeah. and you, 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 you tend to get your retaliation in first as well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what that day taught me, like. Well, like, when, it, it, if that was the club, you, you started off underage hurling. Yeah. And it was all the way up, like. And yeah. you represented Kerry at different levels. Yeah, all the levels, like 14, 12, 14, the Tony Forrestal tournament, you might have heard of. It's a yeah. famous hurling tournament. We hurled in that two years. Um, one All-Ireland under 16, one All-Ireland B, like All-Ireland 16, All-Ireland minor, All-Ireland 21s. First medal I won in Crow Park was a hurling All-Ireland B hurling medal against Kildare. Uh, first game I ever played in Crow Park was a hurling game for the, the, the Mini Sevens. Was that two times? Half time. Oh, yeah. Half time, 90. Well, it was half time in Cork and Down hurling All Ireland semi final, which was the early 90s. I'd say 91 or two. I, we played at half time. And uh, second game I played on Croker was a minor football game for Kerry. And the third game I played on Croker was an under 21 hurling final against Kildare that we won. 
We, was we, that in '98? That was in '98. Yeah, Kerry lost. Uh, yeah, it was. It was actually just before. Yeah, it was the morning of that game. Twelve o'clock. Kerry played at whatever three, and we played at twelve. But it was put off. You see, previously because that particular game was to be played a week or two earlier. Clare played awfully in All Ireland hurling semi final. We were to play after at five o'clock, and 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 we got out onto the field. I never forget it. I'm pucking around. The next thing, there's awfully supporters all around the place. And we're trying to warm up, and next thing there's more and more and more of them, hundreds of them. Next thing there's thousands of them. Next thing our game is off, Jesus and Christ. and it got refixed for for that day that Kerry played Kildare, which was lucky. It was called off because actually our fellas got a thirst on him the night before, you know. <laughs> down in Malahide, a few of our fellas had a few pints the night before the game. I, I tell you, it was a look of God. It was an act of God. I I I, I call it an act of God that sit in by by Offaly because I say Kildare would have hammered us. I remember, um, now that you said it a few times, do you remember the time, and stories pop into my head, um, do you remember the time we went to Portugal training? We stayed in Dublin, and you had to come into the room to myself and Dara to get us over the bed, to get us onto the plane, (laughs) if we got these opportunities. Uh, Before I leave the hurling, I was at a match with Dara, actually, inside in Tralee, and it was a a good double header. Kerry had gone up to Division 1. Um, they were playing Wexford in Tralee and the second game was Donegal and Kerry in the football and Dara would be selling houses in Kerry and I know a lot of the North Kerry folk and lived up there for a good while as well and he was there in front of me he says look at the 20 lads there now in front of us he says just watch what happens after the hurling game and after the hurling game lads from North Kerry and the Donegal Kerry football game would have been a good match they left like and it wasn't an, it wasn't anti-football but there's pure hurling people in North Kerry and people outside of Kerry don't understand how passionate they are like about their hurling like oh hugely so it's Moss like I mean I and, I and I would probably have been one of them up until I was like UCC when I went to UCC I, I hadn't considered Kerry football at all really until I went to UCC I was sec- first or second year in UCC 19 or 20 years old before I someone said something to me about Kerry I think Eamon Eamon Fitz said to me Paddy is his eye on you by the way and I was like Jesus I, I, it was just like a dawning on me you know yeah. and I had played minor with Kerry I played 21 with Kerry but it was not a big thing when I was young it was hurling 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 and people around like Snab Ali Duff Kilmiley all these count, all these parishes like they would have no interest in yeah. they'd have no interest in football. And possibly you know, me and Eamon were dual players. We had dual players I'd say me and Eamon were playing with Kerry. And any time Kerry went out of the championship, we were straight into hurling county finals or semi finals and a lot of people in Lixna, I'd say at the time were probably happy enough to see Kerry go out of a championship so we'd be free to go hurling, you know. So Hurling's given us great old days with Lixna, like it's huge. And Lixna Lixna is hurling country like really the football yeah. is Football is, is a really secondary, I think. The, and then Fnug, if you were under 12 starting off hurling, did you start off around the same time with Fnug in the football as well? I would have done, yeah, I would have done. Like, I, I remember when I was young, maybe, God, I don't know, 10 or 11 maybe, I remember Jimmy Dean and coming to our, our training session, you know, uh, chatting to us about football. And I was looking at Jimmy, I... Re- I, I, I I knew he was Jimmy Dean, but I was I wasn't that informed. Like I wouldn't have known he had Captain Kerry now to an All Ireland. Like I wouldn't have known he had five All Irelands. I just knew he played football. But yeah. that seemed very that seemed very foreign to me, to mm. be honest. Yeah. But I remember him clearly. He was wearing an old shell tracksuit, and he had a cla- he had a big he had a pair of Adidas boots with huge purple tongues on them. And I remember <laughs> his, what he was wearing particularly, and how he spoke. But what he did and how he did it was was really felt like something else or somebody else's business, you know? Yeah. I, as Breen was the guy who got me Breen was the guy who captured me really like as, in terms of when I was young I remember I remember seeing Breen, and Breen play a club game for Fenwick yeah. and it was just incredible watching him I'll never forget it my father brought me over they were playing the real neighbours like at the time I'd say it might have been Ogie's time right. they were playing Brick Rangers Brick Rangers had four or five on the Kerry squad and Breen was the only Fenwick one and honestly, he played them on his own. He was ferocious. Just, he was he just an oh, he was an animal. He was just. I remember looking at him, going, "Wow, who who is this guy?" Yeah. And that was kind of, I think, the f- yeah. I do have that memory from maybe twelve or thirteen or so. When I came into the Kerry team, first of all, Breen was inside there, and Breen would come from. Geez, you compare it to nowadays, and, and the effort that goes in, Breen would would rock on with with Liam Flaherty, and you'd see the t-shirt and the bits of plaster still hanging off the t-shirt after working a hard day, plastering all day. And every run, that, that time, the runs, long, hard runs, he was up the front with William Kirby. He was, Paddy always said that you needed a few North Kerry defenders. 
are not Kerry players in your squad that you needed that hardness and myself and Dara jumped into the car North Kerry football always had a, a, a kind of a, a tradition of hard football and we went up the North Kerry final is huge and we went up myself and Dara and Mark went up in, and it was always played in winter time and there was always a kind of a festival atmosphere and we went up to Ballybunion and Finugan and the Stoll were playing and I saw Breen Karate chop a player from, from a, a standing ran and just actually into the chest and I was looking at the ref and there was nothing. And I said to Dara, these refs must be specially trained up here for the <laughs> football they have. But it did. It was tough football, wasn't oh, it? It was, it was unreal. Tough. It was tough football. There'd be thousands at the game. That same year I made my hurling debut and I had the two lumps in one in my head and one in my shin. I also made my football debut that later that winter. And I'll tell you, we played, a, we played an R. Kerry final. Talk about a school of hard knocks. We played an R. Kerry final. I was corner forward. I must have had a few scores in the semi-final or whatever. So they had a fella in, Markame. And Oran Naveen started anyway. And Oran Naveen was just winding up and bang, into the side of the head from behind. I was like, Jesus Christ. So I just swung. I just immediately reacted, swung back and clipped him in the chin. And, and that was that. Ball was thrown in and we carried on. And yeah, it was, yeah, our Kerry finals were just, yeah, t- tough. <laughs> tough environment honestly there was a tough environment yeah. like, and, and like officiating and that sort of most of the refs will say played in it anyway yeah and they were coming out you know and they knew the goal like and you just had to look like. after it was nobody had a problem with it and you just had to look after yourself and, and like I look back and I really value it to be honest with you it was great for me because you're 16, 17 years old you just you just learn a lot you learn a yeah. lot about the game and you grow up pretty, pretty quickly you know was was UCC, say when you look back on your footballing career, was UCC a huge turning point in terms of what happened with you there, and especially the run? You came out of 99 with the Munster Club Footballer of the Year. You had a phenomenal year with them. I was following E all that time because um, you were playing all over Munster and you were playing in Limerick. Was UCC the start of football, you taking it yeah. full on? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was. I think, I think funny enough, that earlier that summer... The start of that county championship run would have been June, we'll say. And I remember going to see Khan, Dr. Khan, in his surgery one day, about whatever, I can't remember. So he says to me, are you going to play county championship? Because he was obviously involved with Sigerson, but county championship was his big competition yeah. then as well. Like, yeah. So I said, I don't know, Khan, I'll be in Kerry. And like, I'd say, if Eamon does, Eamon Fitz does, I will. And he goes, you tell Eamon he's playing. So, 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 so I said fine I said so Eamon started travelling to games I started travelling with him I didn't play the first game or two and I remember being I remember being cross enough that I wasn't playing yeah, for, there was a semi-final we were down in Bantry or we were down in Castlehaven playing Bantry I think in a, in a quarter final or a semi-final and I wasn't playing and I was a bit annoyed about not playing and it kind of came to a head and I just made a bigger effort in training. I got in the team. I got in the team for a semi-final against Ballancolleg and took off from there. Beat Ballancolleg in the park, then beat Nemo after a replay. Yeah. Then won the Munster semi-final after a replay. I ended up playing cornerback in the Munster semi-final below in Fraherfield and Dungarvan. Got to a Munster final against Dunbeg, beat them after a replay and eventually succumbed to Cross McGlenn just after Christmas. Yeah. Typical students to us, like, got to Christmas and sure, it went a little bit scatty and yeah. we turned up to play across McLean and they were at the start of a really big cycle for them. They went on to win that Ireland and then a couple more. But we, we had a brilliant team. I loved it. It was a huge time for me, yeah. People don't realise, for UCC to win the county championship, and you mentioned there that you came down and you played championship, Kerry players can play in the Cork county championship, no problem at all. But the Cork players need to pick either their club or UCC. Uh, Michal O'Croney now for example that was a big decision for him because Anthony Lynch was there at the time did Anthony go with the club and did Michal go with the yeah I think there was something like that I would think there was something like that but also I'm not sure if Anthony might have qualified okay. I don't know if it came down to only that decision Anthony might have been doing a Masters and was he st- I can't remember 99 was he still there but yeah. anyway, uh, Michal played. Anthony didn't play for whatever reason. And yeah, that was tough on Cork fellas. We actually didn't have too many Cork fellas. We had Michal, Alan Cork, who went down to play in goal for Cork in goal. It was UCK, wasn't it? It was a big thing. Yeah, that was University the thing. Yeah. College, Gary. Somebody threw that out there and it stuck. <laughs> and was that time, Paul, you were wing, wing back, wasn't it? Wing back you were that time. Yeah, I was wing back in that time. And when did it, like, when did you find your natural, because you'd be regarded as the best 
in my eyes, one of the best half hours and recreated and redesigned the, the modern uh, wing forward. When did, it, when did you slot? When did, when did that become your... <coughs> yeah, I was wing back and I loved it. I, I probably would be my preferred... It's pl- Look, at, it's where I felt most comfortable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whether that means it's your position or not, I don't know. Would I be able to play it or not? Yeah. Um, listen, you've got enough, you got enough of help. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I loved playing there and I was in a UCC team. Look at Eamon was, was inside me at centre back. Damien Reedy, Limerick yeah. Intercounty player at number seven. At number seven, I was number five. Good full back line. Kev Walsh from York, your yeah. girl tucked corner back. Sean Shee was in behind me. Good, good defensive unit, big midfield unit. Had a, had a lot of good footballers, so I saw a good bit of, saw a good bit of the ball. I actually ended up corner back in the semi final Munster that year, marking a guy from Rack Garmock. At half time, they switched me back into Holland to keep an eye on this fella from Rack Armour. So, like, I would have felt I was more defensively minded as a player anyway, probably, when I look back, even as a forward. I was always thinking of where the trouble was, mm. where and who needed cover or what needed doing, kind of. The creative side, I, I enjoyed the creative side of it too, but I, I probably, f- I was probably more defensively minded, but I don't know what that means. Like, in terms of, I, I was comfortable at half back, but I don't know if I could have. I played there once or twice then as I got older and it was, you know, it's a, tr- it's a tough position to play too. Is, and I, I'm, you had great crack because I remember following the matches and I, we'd meet up after and you, there was a great social side to it that time, right? And you're watching, fellas, you're involved in management now. Do you think, say, Sigerson is, uh, Sigerson I think is dying a death and uh, unless something is done, I think it's a phenomenal competition and it actually makes fellas and makes their careers and, and if you can live in Sigerson, you can live in a lot of, of conditions. But do you think the socially, the side of football is uh, players don't socialise as much? They don't have, I'm not saying they don't have fun, they have fun, and you'd argue that to the coast come on. But I, I, I don't know, I'm looking at fellas and I'm involved, and I don't think the same. You know, we had great crack around yeah, the place, but yeah. I don't think it's still there, Paul. No, I, I think it is different for sure. I think like the, world, like the world we live in is different. I think social habits are different. Like, I mean, that 99, 2000, like, I mean, we were going week to week. And we were out after every game. And like I actually remember after the drawing game against Nemo, uh, going to the Western Star, the old Western Star on Western yeah. Road, who were our sponsor. And uh, we just got word. We went in for food. Next thing there was a few pints. And I, to be honest with you, know, I hadn't done so well in the first, in the drawing game, I remember. I was, at, I was marking Alan Cronin, I think. And he, I remember he was, he was very fit. Like, yeah. And I was, a bit, I was a bit, I wasn't happy with my display, basically. And I couldn't wait for the replay. And a I was week just later. Away, it was a week later, and we got word in the Western Star, and the points had just started, and <laughs> I was waiting, waiting, waiting for word. I just from the minute the whistle went, I was like, I can't wait for the replay because of my performance. And so I got word of the replay, and I, I remember Eamon and Michal Cronin were at the counter. This is the captain and our main player now, and they're finished their food and they're having a pint, and I'm like, lads, lads, the replays, the replays next week. We got we got to get out of here now, and the boys were. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a few points now, Paul, by and the replay look after itself, you know. Go home if you want. Yeah, you, and that was exactly it. Off you go if you want to go, but we're staying. Yeah. We're finishing our food and we're having a few points. And do you know what? I stayed and I had a few points. I relaxed. We had an absolutely unbelievable night mm. that same night. And do you know what? The spirit we had in that group was unique and it was built on, it was actually built on stories like that, nights like that where, do you know what? We don't really care too much for the rules and the regulations at yeah. the moment. We're just going to do it this way, and we'll, we'll take tomorrow as a, when tomorrow comes. But tonight we're going to enjoy this little bit of a journey we're on. Very powerful stuff, that. Mm. You know, yeah. Very hard to recreate anymore, though, I think. If you try to create it, you won't. No, It happens no. naturally. Like no, Paddy Regan was a big factor, you see. Paddy from Bantry, oh, if you know great him. Character. Great character. We were coming down, and we were coming down from a game. God knows, was it a Sigerson game or was it a county championship game? But we were going back to the star anyway, his place. Like, yeah. and uh, Paddy, we were all boisterous on the bus, of course, after a few cans or whatever, and uh, just pull up outside the star anyway. And Paddy says, "No lads, tonight, I'm after putting a new screen up in this pub. You know, like it was early nineties. There was the new the flat screens were flat new, screens, the old projector screen for the matches. I'm after putting it up. It's cost me a lot of money. If anybody goes near it, you're out the door and you're not coming back in." Around one o'clock that night, Paddy's hanging off the screen himself. <laughs> the screen is bent and it's coming down <laughs> off the wall and he's hanging off it. And we're like, Jesus Christ. But those were the, yeah, it was great. It was great times, man. I really. If you're in management now and it's very easy to blame intercounty managers for a lot of things, right? And fellas, 
say, oh, and I'm, I'm involved with UCC in the last couple of years with Billy Morgan, and I see, I, I see a great competition, I see great footballers, and I, the level is, is phenomenal, like, and the condition players are in, and the condition of pitches allow for better football games. But I think the onus is on the GAA to make sure that this is safe and that inter-county, when I say safe, that it's protected, that this competition doesn't die dead. But I understand if the inter-county season is starting at the end of January, inter-county managers need their players and they need to start organising themselves. Do you think the GAA should actually preserve this competition and give it its proper yeah, Well, I, I feel exactly the same way as you do about it. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about it. I actually lost the final of a Sigerson as captain one year, and I'll tell you, it still rankles with me. Yeah. If I could find a way, even now, still today, I'd to try and f- try and win one, I would. Yeah. And and I feel very strongly about it. It's a much more important competition than any of the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. To me, it should. Like we we had an Auburn Cup last winter that I didn't even want to compete in. No, I was I was had watched a lot of Wexford. I looked at what they were like physically and what their how they had gone into the cha- they'd been out of the championship early for a number of years. And there was a bit of an Auburn Cup League end of story mentality. Like you know, a championship wasn't a big thing, but like, so I didn't want to compete in the Auburn Cup. I didn't even feel it would be here. Funny enough, and I said this to some people. I said there will be no Auburn Cup next year, and there is no, and there will be no no Auburn Cup yeah. next year, as it turns out. But like, it's not a competition I believe in. I truly believe in the Sigerson. Yeah. I think the preseason should be the preseason tournaments should go by the wayside. Sigerson should be, take pre- precedence absolutely, and let intercounty managers use Sigerson yeah. as as the preseason. Like, I would get a lot of value. I the, re- the other reason I like Sigerson and I like club football is because I love going to the games, and that's where you find your players. And like, yeah. there's a lot more value for me going to a club game, or a, there's a lot of value for me going to a Sigerson game or a, or a or a club game because you'll, you'll get eyes on a fella you're looking for but then you might find a fella you didn't know was there mm. I, I, I think like even players from so-called weaker counties when they're inside in dressing rooms and they're looking at Morgan or they're looking at Shawnee Shea or they're looking at whoever they're actually learning and they're bringing they're bringing good habits back to their own place when and I always like everybody knows the career you had with Kerry but did you get excited did you get a tingle in the stomach when you got the first call up to the panel and how did it happen was it P.O. was the yeah yeah, I did, I did for sure. Like, I mean, talking to Paddy, like, I remember clearly my first call from Charlie as a minor, Charlie Nelligan ringing my house. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Charlie, like, you look at Charlie's career. I just saw Charlie's role of Charlie's middle hall recently. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Crazy. Phenomenal, yeah. and you wouldn't even think of him. Yeah. But I remember Charlie ringing me for minors. I remember Paddy, funny enough, like, and it kind of told the story of me and Paddy in a way, like, I was coming out of the Mardike, walking out of the Mardike after playing a challenge game for UCC against Cork under 21s. And I was after hitting a fella's shoulder in that game and something I felt something in my shoulder and I didn't want to go off because mm. the lad I had hit was a cork under 21 and I played on the game but I came off and I knew there was something wrong and Paddy rings me and he says, Paul, we were, we're playing Roscommon that weekend. This was a Monday or Tuesday. Kerry were playing Roscommon the following Sunday. Paul, you're in the squad for Sunday. I said, great, no problem. Came off the phone, couldn't move my shoulder went to see Khan, big lump out of my AC, I'm after dislocating my AC. Khan so says, you're grand. Khan, Khan says, that's not great. And I said, look, what about the weekend? <laughs> Khan says, I don't think so. So I gave it a few days and I, I, I eventually had to, I couldn't play it. And that was kind of, that was me and Paddy for a few years. Like Paddy liked me, but it just wasn't happening for whatever yeah. reason. I, 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 you know, he did want to, I, I knew he kind of wanted to give me an opportunity. I made my debut under Paddy, like, but, Definitely, it was exciting and a tingle, and it was massive to be in the presence of party. Like, the geez, I always laughed at the time the, the, the way it, the first time you came in, the little pep talk he gave to you going onto the onto the pitch, <laughs> whatever else you do, don't. How was that? He says, uh, you said to me one day, he says, geez, I was coming in, and party says to me on the sideline, he says, Paul, get in there, get in and hit a few fellas. Get in a couple of breaking balls and whatever else you do, oh, don't, don't kick, kick the, the fucking ball. <laughs> That's a fact. I forgot that. That's a fact. That's a fact. I actually put that in my book, I think. Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, go in there and do your business and whatever you do, don't kick the fucking ball. Oh, and, and, he, and he wasn't, but it was actually the start of me really improving my kicking. And I was always a good kicker, but it was a composure thing. Mm. At that level of football, I, 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 you just had to be composed. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know what it is. When you look at, when you look back, 
at Everton anyway, and geez, we had some run of it and we lost. Jeez, we lost as much. If you look back at it, we lost as much as we won, right? Mm. But the whole journey from start to finish in the noughties, geez, we were very lucky. Like we were in the final every year. We had trips every year. We had yeah. the crack we had and we had a good group of lads. The banter inside, you enjoyed the banter as much as oh, the next event. It was awful. I absolutely loved it. I really did. Like it was just an honor. It was a big honor at the start. Like, you know, it was always throughout, but especially at the start. The big thing for me was I was looking around at, say, Dara, Seamus Moynihan and yourself. I would have done anything. Mm. I was going to do anything to get these guys winning. Or not winning, but to almost watch them. Do, do, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Like, I was under Dara at times watching Dara. It was nothing more inspiring than being under a break. And the next thing, Dara's gone up in the air and you're underneath him looking up. Yeah. It would just, like... I Honestly, there were some days where Dara would make a catch. I'd be under waiting for a break. He'd catch it. I could run on that adrenaline for the next 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how inspiring it was. Seamus would do something. Mm-hmm. You would do something. Gucci would do something. Honestly, I would just, I'd light up. Yeah, I'd light yeah. up and I used to feed on things like that. And uh, so like for me, Jesus, Paddy could ask me to do anything. Mm. Jack could ask me to do anything. Pat, and that was my, that was my take. I will do anything. You have to give. I just felt you have got to give yourself. You've got to yeah. give empty yourself for the next fella. It's a big thing I feel at the moment, like where a great team plays for the next guy, and you try to try and build that is a tough thing. Mm. That spirit of like not thinking of yourself, thinking yeah. of the next guy. There's it, it's I, I just, I'm just coaching a minor team now. It's very hard. Jeez, like everybody. I, I was trying to think back, and I was driving up here today, and I was saying. We played an awful amount of football, but the players took a pile. And it wasn't said, you have to take ownership. But that squad, actually, if things weren't happening, we didn't need Jack Connor to say it or party to say it. If it was fellas, mine would bark something or Dara would bark something. It's very hard to have those fellas inside in the squad. And when you don't have them, do you find that frustrating? Now, if you, if you don't see that happening, you say, Jesus Christ, why is that not fucking happening there? No, like, yeah, but it, it's definitely a, it's a process like that takes a, yeah. it definitely takes a couple of years. Like that won't happen in year one or maybe maybe not even in year two, mm. year three or four. You really want to start to see that thing kind of thing happening, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it depends as well on the county and it depends on the age. It depends on the age. We'll say I look at the Wexford guys now and I really have lo- I've loads of time for them tomorrow. So I, I think these are. I think these are these guys will do well. I think there yeah. are some oh, there's some really exciting talent down there, really and truly. I believe in them, but it's hard at the minute to expect them to be at the level of a team who will start calling the shots and start yeah. running, running things in the dressing room and that kind of thing. They, they're just probably not quite there yet. But um, yeah, every team is different and every county is different. You know, I yeah. think the culture within a county is different as well. Like you know, you you, you see northern teams like. You, when you look and you hear the stories back from books and that northern teams seem to be more accountable they seem mm. to be more accountable in terms of demanding from each other and having their own culture within yeah. their groups of making demands of each other than, than, than most teams are like you know so I think it all varies within the counties as well I, I um, <coughs> in those years Paul we, we you know the, the, the northern fellas you hear stuff happening above there and when Jack O'Connor came in he brought in Pat Flanagan and I think, personally, for me, I think when Jack came in, uh, I had a great time for Paddy, and Paddy was an unbelievable manager, and uh, never seen a fellow inside in a dressing room like him. When Jack came in, the one thing he did was, Paddy was old-fashioned in that, number five says number five, Jack suited me down, because Jack would put me on a fellow that suited me. He changed things around, tactically. He brought us off on, on the first thing we went over to Le Manga, I think, and we went on our train trips and the fitness levels were, were not more, but it was done differently and Pat Flanagan brought that in and as that progressed it still came back to the quality of the football that was being played inside. You could break it all down. The point I'm making is you could be looking for different tra- types of training but if you don't have the quality of football inside or a set way of playing Forget about your weights, forget about the tactics, forget about drills. It does come down to, the, to, to what you do on the pitch in terms of football, like, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you, need, uh, you definitely need, like, the, the material has to be good, like, and mm. it has to be able for the information as well. Like, as Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack, even with me, you know, like, there was a lot of information, which, yeah. I, which I liked, to be honest with you, and I needed it. But you have to be able to process the information too. Some, some fellas can, some fellas yeah. can't, maybe, you know, and, like, 
So I mean, I remember I remember that well when Jack came in because we were actually learning how to run properly. If you remember with Pat yeah. Flanagan, our running mechanics. Yeah. We spent weeks actually running, actually working on our body mm. mechanics, our postures, and our running technique. That's how. That's how much he drilled into it. I yeah. remember that time in Spain, like in every morning, out to do those little, do you remember those runs? And we used to all oh, feel a bit silly. We used to all feel a bit silly doing them, but it was to actually try and correct our mechanics so that we could get the most out of the weights and improve our pace and power and all that. We were ahead of the curve in many ways that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think once you've good raw material, all that stuff definitely improves. And we, Paul, look, there's no, we, I said there, we, we would travel the world we had our fun, like, we had great fun, but I was thinking there, um, we went to, the last time we went out to, on our foreign trip, yeah, I mean, it, was, it was my last year, 2013, and um, Paul Paddy Curtin, who's not with us, was, was in the, uh, who died tragically, was, was with us inside, they put two young fellas with two older fellas, right. and geez, it was a long week, we trained hard, we trained viciously, it was wrong, I suppose, we were trying to squash, we were training morning, noon, and evening. And the last night, I'll never forget it. You couldn't, you couldn't put up with the snoring inside the room with me. And there was a problem with the, with the toilet. So we went in. This toilet was actually just running. And we couldn't, we couldn't get asleep like. We couldn't get asleep. The four of us looking down the toilet, how yeah. we sort it. And I know, it was you that came up with the idea of sticking a towel down the toilet. And I was looking into it and I says, how's that sorting out the problem with the water? Like, where's the water going? I remember Paddy. Paddy says, back up into the system, he says. Back up into the system. And I says, Grant, I got a great night's sleep. <laughs> and you woke me up through the night. We flooded the place, away. we? was flooded. You says, oi, we need a fucking canoe out here. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole the apartment. Whole I remember it. And it was a classy place. Oh, yeah. I remember fucking uh, Eamon came down and he pulled the towel out of the toilet. That towel was not inside in that toilet. Yeah. It was funny, but yeah. those trips, they were the bonding sessions. I don't know. The, socially, I thought we had it right. We had a great crack all over the world. Can I ask you where, where did management come into it? Or when did you think that you wanted to go at management? Like, because I'd imagine if you were going to Dublin and you were taking on a different career, I'd say, Louise, then if you said, geez, I want to go at management. Mm. It's, a, it's a huge ask. When, when mm. did it first come into your head? Did you want to go? Um, well, I mean, I did it at school's level. Like, you know, yeah. I had a couple of years with the SEM. Yeah. Going back in 2010, 11, uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, went to two Hogan Cup finals, won two, won two Carnivores. I was coaching. And, um, so there was that. There was that bug, like, and I suppose then I was four years out of the game. Mm. And I had a couple of inquiries from clubs in Dublin, uh, clubs in Kildare, uh, hurling clubs. And then there was an intercounty. There was, a cup, there was two or three intercounty approaches. And I probably felt from looking at the game, I didn't want to spend another year looking at the game. I was writing in the Times and I was really great relationship with the Sunday Times. But I just felt I didn't want to be another year writing about it mm. because I had been watching it so closely and seeing things, I suppose, like you feel maybe you could do X, Y and Z. And uh, you think you can maybe push the thing forward a little bit with ideas like that. I said, look, if an opportunity comes along, I will. I had been... Kieran Dealey was over with the London team. He had asked me to go over to London to do a bit with them. He'd asked me to join the backroom team. I couldn't. Kieran basically was then in the conversation for Wexford job. He couldn't take the Wexford job. My name came up, had a conversation. I said, look, I'll do the interview. And I felt the interview process was one I wanted experience for a number of reasons. Not that I particularly was mad to get the job, but I thought it would be... Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I did a job interview. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you talk about your personal development and you're kind of like, it's f- 15 years ago. Yeah. So I said, I'll do the interview. I'll do the interview. And I presented my stuff in the interview and I was offered a job and that, that, was, that was that. Like, I do have a belief then in Wexford football too, you know, like mm. I would read a lot about the history of the game. Yeah. And Wexford had a, had a strong tradition huge. and huge tradition. Four in a row. Yeah. And quite a relationship with Kerry there as well. I feel there is some kind of a kindred spirit with, with Kerry as well mm. in terms of the style of play and the culture of the county in terms of football. So, look at, I'm on the road down. I live on the road down there. I'm an hour from the, the training ground. And there's, that, a pile, there's a pile, Paul, that goes into it. Like, before you even got onto the pitch with the players, putting a backroom team together, putting 
trying to get the best that you can possibly get, that's stressful in itself because there might be fellas based up the country that you might want to have expertise in and you need to get the local fellas in, you need to have the local knowledge. Trying to put uh, logistically like it's, yeah. it's, it's a headache. Like. It's tough, yeah. Definitely tough, like, you know, you, 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 but you're, I suppose if you're prepared... Yeah, you need to be prepared. It's probably you probably have to have ideas in your head or names in your head and yeah. kind of. Uh, but yeah, like there's a there's a whole. You're managing two groups really. You're managing players and you're managing yeah. the backroom situation, which is up to maybe twenty people or whatever. Then you're managing your relationship with the county board, and so yeah. The closest I've seen, it. like, is party right. And the reason I say the closest I've seen it is that we would have spent so much time over in his house and he'd be back in our house and. He didn't. It's a full-time job. Like It was a full-time job back then, but even now, it must be more so a full-time job. What do you think is, what's the least favourite part of the job, if you had to say it now? What's the part, like, I know you'd say, geez, are you enjoy it, and you're obviously doing it because you love it. What's the part of the job you'd say, this, like, I Oh, I could get better at the media side of things. Mm. Like, I think there's a way to manage that that I don't know if I'm I have cracked. Um, I I think then probably fixtures is fixtures is tricky at times, like you know. Um, but I, I mean, uh, the backroom situation requires management. But I've I've very good very good people that I that I I can depend on for sure. Um, probably on the field is the best part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like on the, on actually on the training ground talking to guys, doing a bit of coaching. That's the best part. Probably everything else outside of that. Yeah. I <laughs> was going, like, it's, it's, yeah, I should ask it always. The player has one thing to worry about. You have 45 things to worry about. It's, was it an issue for you coming from Kerry, coming from a place where, like, I always compare it. The Kerry, or the Kerry hurlers are looked after well, right? But everything, the whole talk in the county is always about the footballers the footballers it's not that they get everything right but the the everything they're exposed to, to maybe a lot more than the hurlers are and we never know what it's like to feel like a, a, a well you might a, a carry hurler but when you went to to wexford then you're in the opposite kind of situation where the hurlers are and there's a big razzmatazz around them at the moment they're they're successful enough at the moment and did you struggle with that like that here you have a county board in Kerry who'd bend their back in fairness. We'd always had a good relationship. And then you go to, to Wexford. Was there something, and it's not thrown down in Wexford or anything, but that's just the way it is in Wexford. Was that hard? Like, is it, it, um, no, like, it wasn't at the start because I saw the hurlers as a great reference point because I had been to the Wexford tip hurling semi-final last summer mm. and it was an unbelievable game, like, and the, the level they were at physically and I thought they were a great reference point for the footballers. Yeah. So I thought I thought it's perfect. Mm. I didn't mind. Like I mean, I, I I don't mind being the second unit. Wexford is this, is football the second sport in Wexford or the third sport or the fourth sport? I'm not even entirely convinced it's the second sport in Wexford. Mm. But I saw the hurlers as being brilliant. This is what's possible. It's right yeah. here on your doorstep. That's how I saw it. I actually saw it as being an advantage, like to have that team right in front of you for footballers to go we could, we could get to that level too yeah and is it not like what's the what's whole if you had to say no is there an issue down there with, with I don't know is, with fellas not wanting to play football um, I don't think there is I haven't had that experience myself now I found we have up to 40 guys like and lots of int- in, and interest is the thing like you know mm. and I, I that's a word I use a lot uh, you want interested footballers because interested footballers never stop improving and if you're interested day to day you'll be looking to imp- find ways to improve day to day so yeah. interest is a huge thing anybody who's not interested or wasn't interested is gone because yeah. you, you, you'll see it fairly quickly in their daily habits and their energy and their, their answers and no, there's no time or place for that kind of lack of interest because a lack of interest is a lack of energy and a lack of energy affects your daily habits and you know, you're in Division 4, Tomas, like, it's all about your daily habits. You want to get out of it. Yeah. Is it, is it easier for <coughs> fellas, like, we had no problem motivating 
ourselves in Kerry, and I suppose it was easier for us because we knew we had a good rattle every year. We knew we were going to be there thereabouts, like. And it's not being arrogant; it's just the way it is. Is it harder for players then? Like at the start of your year, there was there was an issue where players. Is it easier for players to walk away, or is it is it a case like, yeah, they're willing to talk to them, but they, they won't put in. They have to do this amount to get what you want to get out of it, like. Um, probably the big, the big kind of eye opener for me probably has been uh, the mindset, kind of yeah, exposure to that kind of like mindset where when you push, they they don't want to know some some guys like the couple of guys just weren't, you know. I had a couple of conversations with some of the older senior players, we'll say, you know, and just like a bit like that. When the push came, when it, when push came to shove, they weren't that comfortable with the push and pull, you know. Yeah. And uh, we lost some guys as we went. Some guys fell by the wayside by by either through a decision of mine or a decision of theirs, and that happens. Like, and it had to happen. And you know, you create the energy you want eventually. Like, I think that's my that's my take on it. Like, and it was funny. Like, some of the stories are funny. Like, you know, I I I had a chat with one guy. I had a chat with one guy about a week into pre-season, you know, seven or eight years under his belt now, and he he um, I probably had reservations about him from a championship game Wexford played against Carlow, 2017. Mm. He I, I'd watched that game closely, and I did a load of research on video tapes, club games, and intercounty games. But I, I had some reservations about this guy from a goal that he conceded against Carlow. He just did a swerved. He swerved a bit of work, basically, and his man got the goal. And anyway, my exposure to him through training kind of confirmed my my reservations a little bit. But he 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 a week into preseason, he told me he was going on holidays for a month, right? And and I says to him, "That's fine, off you go." But you need to continue your your fitness program, you know. And his answer was, "Well, I'm renting a car now, and I'll be doing a lot of driving around, and and so." Basically, my training would there would be no training done. <laughs> I'll be I'll be touring New Zealand or Australia, and that was a month where basically a senior player of seven or eight years was telling me a month a week into preseason that he was going on holidays and that there would be no work done while he was away because he'd be doing a bit of driving, mm. and that was a massive moment for me, like because I was going wow. You know, surely be to God, now you have a programme, you do your bit of running or you do your bit of gym while you're yeah, in a place yeah, like yeah. New Zealand where you can get outdoors and do it. Yeah. And and I left it, actually. It was my first real test as a manager, I thought. I said, OK, I'll have to find another way around this fella. So I left it. He was leaving a week, a week later, and I left it just before the day he was leaving. And I pulls him aside and I says, look, while you're away now, I said, I want you to have a think about why you're doing this. What do you want to achieve when you come back? Where do you think you can get to in the game? And how do you think you can improve, you know? And he was he was looking at me like, and uh, he was not really landing with him, you know. So I says, "Listen, do you know what you're doing off me? Take take, uh, take a football with you. I'm working your passing." And he st- he started laughing. <laughs> he he, he kind of gave a laugh like, and I said, "Wow, do you know what I mean?" So the mindset yeah. was like, the mindset was that that same guy came back from his holiday, and a couple of guys had left the panel. I had I had let go in the meantime. One was his housemate, and he he walked. He came home from his holiday. He walked off the panel and told the media, told the local media first, told told me by text message, and that was that. He was gone. So that was very challenging. Like because you were dealing with a mindset, I couldn't understand the mindset. Mm. So I was trying to get my head around the mindset that was at play, you know. Um, but do you know what I mean? I think oh, in long term they'll be good experiences for me. Like you know yeah. what I mean. It's very hard. Like I can't. It's not as if you're expecting, and I, I, like I wouldn't have experience of it. And you can't go to Wexford and expect them to be superheroes or winning Leinster titles. But at the same time, at intercounty level, Christ Almighty! Like, do you think there's an issue with weaker counties, Paul, in general? And this is not. I, I, I'd have this argument, like in the B Championship, and it's called a B Championship. I don't like the fact that it's called a B Championship. But do you think there is a need to have two championships? Like, I don't get if there's a back door, and I always use the Monaghan coming down and baiting the shite out of Waterford, and what benefit? Or they get an extra game, yeah, but it's somebody hosing them, like, why not play in a competition that you have something to aim for and something to have a target for? 
but you, you start off your championship in the, in the big thing, and if you're good enough, you'll progress. But if you're not, you're fucking playing a, a championship. And I don't, I don't, it's not that you're looking down at weaker counties, but I hate when I hear uh, lads from weaker counties say, I don't want to play an act, that's a big competition. Mm. Fuck it, I don't know. Like, and it's not, I'm not trying to, I'm, uh, the question I'm asking you, I suppose, is do you think there's a need for, do you think it's the right way for the GA to go into two kind of competitions after the initial? I don't like the language around it, Tomas. I didn't like how it was communicated, like the B tier, the second tier, yeah. two, tier two, and B yeah. tier two. I think I didn't like that. I Talton I, Cup, no. Talton Cup, but yeah. I, I would have been mad for the qualifiers. Like if you were able to get yeah. a route into a qualifier action, I thought there was a lot of joy to be had there. To be honest with you, and uh, the new format is now gone until next year. But I just thought the language of around, I thought the language around it wasn't great because it really kind of copper fastened the kind of levels like you're your second race here like and yeah. whereas I didn't think the qualifiers offered something different like we had g- great experiences through qualifiers yeah. great games tight games like some of the best games I, I most enjoyed were qualifier games mm. and I feel this is a bit reductive in terms of it's now you're yeah. here okay and we're here whereas with the qualifier everybody was in the same yeah. everybody was in the same boat like and there has been like Sligo should have beaten us down in Tralee when the Antrim rattled us above in, in Offaly and Westmead another day and if you remember that day Mullingar against Westmead so would you would you be kind of against forming two separate tiers fully you reckon there's still a place for I, I don't know Tomas I just found the qualifier experience very exciting yeah as a player and like you constantly see upsets and I just, I just feel for a team like Wexford, I thought it might have been a good, I thought it might have been a good old hunting ground if you were to find yourself down, going down that route, you know. Mm. I've no idea really what a new thing would look like. It's a new draw. I actually don't know what it looks like. It, it's, you go out of your province and you go into a new championship and it's a new competition as such. Who knows? It's, it's we'll all find out. Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to this year's? I know. Geez, I don't even know—is it going to happen? Like, with, with if there's going to be another spike? But do you, you obviously things go on for you. Like, are you, is it hard to kind of manage everything? You said at the start, like that throughout COVID, it didn't stop for it you. Like, you stop, still have right. to monitor stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it and has stop. it been hard not to? Yeah, it has been hard to kind of. You you have to keep a bit of structure in place. Yeah. Because if you don't, the thing falls down, and then yes, you can't get together to do X, Y, and Z. And so you're remote, it's all remote stuff really, and a lot of phone conversations and that's management like it's still it didn't mm. really it didn't i give we we gave our fellas really like uh, we gave them a bit of downtime for may because we kept they kept doing their fitness work, they kept working hard up to may, then we gave them a bit of downtime in may, and now we've began the process of for the last couple of weeks of picking it back up again and getting them getting them strong again, and that, but the club thing will take its toll on them for sure, like you know yeah do you, like I am. I, I, I look at it through the eyes of a club player when I finish, and I didn't. I didn't. I, I was always with the county, and that was it. And the rule now that county fellas can't train until September 15th. Do you think that it's... A, like, I, I think it's actually wrong, and I would actually favour the club if I could at all at all. But do you think that it's wrong that the inter-county fellas don't get a minimum... And I don't think the clubs would have an issue with it, that, if they, that the inter-county lads should have one night a week collectively able to train. Well, I would. I think that would be a. I think that would be a sensible approach because just because you're not even going to be able to do a whole lot, but you can rehab, prehab, check them up, check their levels, basically. Like you know, uh, the whole thing is funny. Like it's really is. It's a funny situation that you you can't get too bogged down in it. Like really, it would yeah. torment you. You know, like I mean, my my question is this, Tomas. Like, and I've asked this before. With with Kerry in mind, you know, like ultimately this club county debate is a, is is a kind of a. You got to ask yourself first of all. What's the function of the club? Like, there's this divide and has been this divide like for a long time, and it's very heightened now, especially in Wexford. Very heightened in Wexford at the moment. Uh, but like, you ask yourself what the function of the club is. If the club is just for community, to give locals a team, local players a c- competition, a chance at winning something, an outlet, all that, fine. And some people would be of that view. Mm. I made a point about Kerry football a few years ago in the Times about Tralee. Tralee Town have two county championships in 25 years. Yeah. Like, how well is Tralee football doing? I don't know. 
there's seven or eight clubs in and around Tralee. And a lot of people were exercised by this now, but I didn't mind standing over my point because my point is this. If the function of a club is just for your parish to you and your parish is to you and your parish... That's fine. But like to me, the club has a greater function, an equally important function in that it has to provide for the county. Yeah. So like, I mean, this idea during the week that like, this idea during the week that clubs would report upon their own counties mm. for county training, I, it was the height now. It was the height now of this whole yeah. pandemic. I just thought, <laughs> will somebody take me off the earth? And, and, and leave me lie down and I go to sleep but like you know if you're if the function of the what's the function of the club you might say it's for the Gaeltacht and the, and the Gaeltacht only yeah I believe it's for the Gaeltacht but it's also equally for Kerry mm. clubs have to provide yeah club, if yeah. Club, my own club in Fenuig has not provided a county player in a while I think that's an issue for Fenuig yeah. I think Kerry County Board should be looking at Fenuig going guys how do we get a bit of more how do we get this conveyor belt running again mm. so like I don't know. The devo- this, this debate is a bit silly to me. Like, I think the the, I think the intercounty season is too long. I think the club's big issue is that they find themselves with a small window and they're fighting. They don't know when. They need structure. They need dates. They need a proper thing. And I think if something comes out of the pandemic, maybe they'll be able to put a proper structure in place. But I think then when you start arguing, like my point here is, Breen Begley is training away with the guy at the club, right? And Breen Begley is training hard with the Gaelic Club, apparently. Three days a week with the Gaelic Club, and he's not inside with Kerry because they're not allowed to train. Big difference in the football you're going to play, and it's no disrespect to the Gaelic. Big difference in the quality, the intensity, the speed. I think the speed is the biggest difference in inter-county football in what he's doing with the Gaelic and what he's doing. Now, if it's the same for every county in the country, grand. And it's not about that you're favouring the county over the club. But I do think that inter-county fellas should be having one session of football a week and let, let the club have their football, whatever. You're not taking one, one day a week. Um, and you should definitely be allowed to meet up and, uh, yeah. and do something, even if it's just actually get your medical people to look at these players and see where they're at or your fitness people to, to, to monitor them and see where they're at. But to not be able to meet at all is, mm. a, is a tricky one now. Yeah. For 10 weeks. There's bones of 10 weeks to go or 12 weeks to go, like, and that's a long time. Yeah. Well, and who who have you got in the first round? Well, we'll we'll we we we'll to go to Limerick for a league game, and then Wicklow for a league game, and then Wicklow on the championship. Three yeah. weeks, three weeks in a row. So, so that's what's 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 ahead of us. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest with you, the the sooner it comes around, all the better. And uh, um, if it comes around, like because you know, part of me is wondering if it will come around. You know, because yeah. we we see clubs in Cork now have shut down. A lot of clubs today yeah. have shut down in Cork because of an outbreak of some sort. So. We have a bit to go yet. I think we'll need to get a bit closer to October before we can be absolutely certain to to go on, you know? Yeah. Is is uh, outside of football, Paul, what like do you any you're driven in everything you do, like everything. Outside of work, outside of football, you don't have time for much else, I suppose, family. Like you don't you've never an interest like in golf or anything. Is there anything else that no. Nothing else. I remember going back years ago, Eamon took me golfing in Castle Gregory <laughs> and we got three holes in and I was back in the clubhouse. <laughs> I lost three of his balls and I was back in the clubhouse. And I said, look at Eamon, I'll leave you be there and I'll see you behind. And I went off to the clubhouse and waited for him. I'm only years, wasting your time. Years later I found out, actually only recently I found out, actually Jack had asked him to take me golfing. All right. Yeah. To, whatever. He felt I needed a hobby or whatever. This is early in my career. like, But I was totally obsessed. I did need a hobby. I absolutely did need a hobby because I was completely obsessed with football. I couldn't every single day. I mean, I was in class tomorrow. Like I would often have the football out around the classroom. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd start my warm up last class in the class. I'd be doing my stretches. Like, and honestly, now it was some scene when I think back. Students like they'd be thinking, <laughs> I'd be giving them an exercise to do, and then I'd start to do my stretches for training. So I wouldn't even waste time at training doing my stretches. I'd have oh, it done yeah. when I got there. I'd be ready to go. Uh, I'd have a good bit of handling done in the daytime. Like, I honestly, morning, noon, and night, I was obsessed with what we were doing, what we yeah. were trying to do. And Jack tried, Jack figured, and I, I did burn myself out eventually. I took, I took it way too seriously, and Jack figured I needed golf as a hobby, you know, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't catch on. Eamon was down a lot of golf balls. I, was, I, I, I actually r- relate to what you're actually saying, and it goes back then maybe to the, to the lads you were talking about in Wexford, like, I think I was, I think I was off my game as well, like, because I, I, I made every decision 
in life, in, in work, everything was revolved around um, football. And I didn't know was it healthy at all, like what we were at. Like it, was, it was completely, totally unhealthy. I, I, in a way, like it, it wasn't like we loved it and we wouldn't swap it. I wouldn't swap it. But it wasn't, it wasn't proper. The last thing I was going to ask you about was, and we both had an issue with it, really, and I remember we were rooming together and we'd, we'd chat about it, when the, the red mist would come down. And <laughs> I, never, I never got a grasp on it. But what my, no. my, my thinking of it is, at least I was the defender. And the forwards normally aren't the aggressors. Right? They wouldn't start on it. So if it, uh, they wouldn't come up looking for trouble because they're trying to get away from you, right? So I, and I wasn't a guy to start it. But say that again. Say that a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my question is, I had a fierce problem. I couldn't stop. The damage was done before I... And I could never control it. Like, Did you ever learn to... <laughs> I didn't. Never, never managed really. Like, I suppose... Ah, no. I think later in my, later in my career I did. But it, it, yeah. it, I don't know if I was the same... I, I don't know if Something I was the same player then either, do you know, because I had to, like I had to, like the trouble was just, there was too much hassle, like, and if yeah. I couldn't continue getting in trouble, whatever way the trouble was coming, it was coming. Yeah. Sometimes it was my fault, Some, sometimes it wasn't, yeah. and that was the really troublesome part for me, because I had trouble getting over the, pa- the fact that I hadn't caused the trouble or started the trouble. Yeah. Do you understand? <laughs> that was making me, that was making me like, that was making me cross like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like, some of it was, you know, like... I could never understand Seamus Moynihan. Never thought, saw him really getting, like... And if the uh, same thing was done to him as it was done to me, yeah. I'd nearly yeah. accost a man, like... Yeah, it's great. Like, um, it's good. Gooch was the same, like, Gooch got a good bit of it, but he would never... He would never do anything, really, like, he was never, you know... Gooch would just hurt you with the ball. Uh, I like, look, my game was so physical, Tomas, around the middle, that conflict was... was was kind of unavoidable, like, if you were going for breaks. Yeah. Co- contact means conflict, so, so like, it was a very physical position. I was aggressive because I, look at, I go back to that time we had my first three years, we'll say. I was in the squad in 2002. I watched the 2001 Mead game from the canal, from mm-hmm. the Cusick stand, that semi-final that Mead beat Kerry in. Kerry only scored four points. Yeah, it was destructive, like, yeah. Mead really... Was the worst, that was the worst defeat I think Kerry had in our time 2002 was Armagh I watched yeah. that on telly and 2003 I was on the sideline for the Tyrone game yeah. so they were the three years prior to my career starting with Kerry like, and they were I watched them closely and it was highly physical highly aggressive rules were being bent and broken and particularly the Tyrone 0-3 semi-final I was right on the sideline looking at a lot of the activity it was so intense and aggressive I just said like all bets are off here if you get in here like mm. do you know what I mean so that was my approach always I was just disgusted at looking at Kerry getting roughed up and beaten and yeah. I said if I ever get in there I'm going to just going to match fire with fire I yeah, was only yeah. matching what I was seeing really but then you try and take it up a level of course and you have to get you know wherever the game goes you've got to go you've got to take it a bit further and um, so my position was a part of the the, 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 the conflict and then look Stuff happens off the ball. I, I, I you know, I could have dealt better. I could have dealt better with Sam, and then I, you know, I put myself about as well. Like I, I chatted with Noel O'Leary, and yeah, he, he was saying um, that I'd say it was 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 both sides. Like, but he was talking about the fact that you texted him after. No, would you ever fuck off and leave me alone? Like. <laughs> He's a good guy. Like I did, I did. He, he, he was, he was, yeah. Like he was a funny one in that, like. He was very strong physically. He was the one guy physically where mm. I felt because I was strong under breaks. Like yeah. I, I always think arms. Like you know what I mean. I don't know why more footballers have stronger arms. Yeah. Like your arms are the first point of contact, especially if you're under a break. Yeah. I had very powerful arms. I worked a lot on them, and he was the first guy I met where, like me wrestling with him under a break was never going to. I did it for a couple of years, and then I said, "Nah, this is a this is a mugs game." <laughs> This is a mugs game because he was that strong in his arms. He was up right? trees every day, like. Which sure this is it, right? And, and 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 you see, me and him wrestling under a break really was no good to me. Like like you win a break, it's a great opportunity to be creative. Exactly. And the next thing, me and him, and we like two two animals hanging out of each other. And I see him on the ground, and there's a row, and like the ball has gone elsewhere, and we're both getting yellow cards. <laughs> so eventually, I stopped contesting breaks. You know, I just said I used to duck. I used to I used to mix it up, so I'd stay out of. I hit the breakdown early yeah. in a game. 
then I'd stay out of breaks. Yeah. Middle of the first half, I'd completely stay out of them. So the ball would be coming to the middle of the field for the breakdown, and he'd be gone. <laughs> or see, I just wouldn't go near it. So I had to try and take his attention away from the breakdown. Because yeah. if I was every break going here, man, uh, man on man, uh, arm wrestling. Do nobody any favours. Like. <laughs> Forget about it. So eventually I says, right, i got to stop actually contesting breaks here. So that was the way I dealt with it eventually. I used to duck in, duck out. I'd still win the same amount of breaks, Moss. I know, yeah. Like instead of going for every break and kind of nothing happening off the back of them. Breaks are an opportunity to create. Oh, like, you win a break and you're away. It's goal territory. You're two seconds ahead of everybody else. You are. Yeah. But like you win a break and you're pulled to the ground and the ball is here and you're in a headlock. And you're trying to <laughs> grab a piece of him. And you're trying to get some bit of while you can, while no one can see it. You're trying to take a piece of him. Uh, like that's a, that's, that's a, there's no win there, like really. Because you could easily give away, just as easily give away the foul yourself. I know, so you have yeah. to win in the break, killing yourself to win it. He pulls you in a headlock to the ground and he gets the free. Should you drive it? Oh, I said like this. Yeah, this and then you me. react. <laughs> and then you're going around with a bloodlust. So like, I just had to say, okay, I'm going to go hard in the breaks early. And Dunica used to come to me later on in his career. Dunica would say to me, he might be marking Noel. Like, and I say, look, Dunica, stay on the move. Go hard at the breakdown early. Then pull out of the breakdown completely and have him looking for you. You yeah. just make sure at the breakdown he's wondering where you are. Because <laughs> he can't attack the breakdown then either. And you stay close to goal. Stay up high behind his back. When it lands, make sure he's looking around for you. And do that a couple of times. Then go back into the breakdown and hit the breakdown hard. Like, you know, mm. the other stuff, competing there every single time in that same way was not, got too much trouble. Yeah, but it was, it was you were able to mix it both. Like, you were able to get stuck in. You were able to, I think what you did after ball was unbelievable. But then you always came in with three or four scores a game. I think that's gone. Like, I think it's either one or the other now. Um, Funny now, I'd find the game hard now, like, I would, yeah. I'd find the game hard because the kickouts aren't there, Yeah, it, it's, it's a different, the positions are gone, the big thing I see at the moment is that there are no real wing forwards or half mm. forwards as such, like, do you know what I mean, there's even not even a midfield to us, like, yeah. if you look at Dublin the high now, fetchers are, you look at Dublin, there's, you, who's the Dublin midfield, you say Brian Fenton, and, yeah. And who, yeah. Macaulay, maybe. Howard, maybe. McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah. maybe. You look at Kerry, you'll say definitely Dave Moore. Yeah. And who? Yeah. Whoever it might be. Mayo. You can hardly name a midfielder now. Like, you certainly can name a pairing. Yeah. You'll name one guy in most counties, and it's the rest of it's kind of a free for all. So I'd find that probably hard in that the old breaks and the contests, and they aren't really there as much, but new game, like, and, you know, just new players, like. A lot of good, exciting young players out there, like as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt you'll have a, a, a fierce, interesting year, Paul, and I'll be following as as usual. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. I've taken enough of your time. I really thanks, Pleasure. thanks for everything. And you're going um, great guns. You're going great guns with this. That's going all right. Now we're, we're professionals. The fa- here fashion, in the, the, in the fashion, Benetti in the fashion. But <laughs> they were laughing at me in the fashion for a long time. I know you're in the fashion game yourself. I was always ahead of this, a step ahead of the boys <laughs> with the fashion. Uh, thanks to Paul, and we'll talk to you later, folks. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, in the next week we'll be back with a new guest. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Coral Etmos. Don't forget to subscribe and follow for more interviews. <laughs>